Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode number 38 of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Astra Ferguson. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yes, I said 38. And I remember when I first started this podcast, I didn't even know what I was doing. But hey, just goes to show you if you believe and you just stick with it, it'll just come to fruition, you know? Um, and today I have a special interview lined up for you guys. But before we get into the interview, I have a couple announcements that I would like to make. So, dun 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 dun. <laughs> you guys can now book me for blogging, podcasting, and self publishing. Um, I do have a 30 minute free consultation call, so I can see if I can help you. And all of this can be done directly from my website. So if you go to www.astridferguson.com, so A-S-T-R-I-D-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, you can go on there and directly book me from my website. Or if you're having an event and you'd like me to speak there, yes, I do that as well. You know, I know I don't always say it, but I am a girl of many trades, you know? (laughs) No, but honestly, for real, you can actually do all of that from my website now. So make sure you go check that out. And I'm actually having a little pamphlet that I put together from all the questions that I was receiving from people saying that, you know, they were thinking about starting a podcast, but didn't really know how to start it. So I created a beginner's guide which I even do a pros and cons on different platforms that you can now purchase from the shop. So you can go to www.astridferguson.com forward slash shop or astridferguson.com forward slash shop. And you guys can, you know, join me on this journey. Yes, yes. It's all about speaking it into fruition, right? all about just leaning in and just doing the thing even when you don't know how just being courageous to do it scared you know but about today's interview so we don't go off on this tangent because I can talk about that all day I have a special guest lined up for you guys and his name is Luke Cadet he is the founder and CEO of a band or a bond audio which is an audiobook platform dedicated to capturing and telling the stories of people of color using a digital medium and oral storytelling. We collaborate with a multitude of academic presses, publishing companies, and self-published authors to place our stories on the forefront of society in an effort to raise awareness of our diverse narratives and elevate the consciousness of society. Collaborating with unique voices, they empower the voice of our communities to eloquently share these stories. So I'm not even going to dig in any further. I really did enjoy this interview with Luke. I even, you know, got to listen to his newborn baby in this one. Yes, there will be some children in here. Just a little bit, just a little bit, so don't shy away. And 
he's like the first Haitian guy that I've had on here. So that was very exciting to me because y'all know I'm also part Haitian. So before I go off on this whole cheerleading thing, let's get right into it, guys. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Luke Cadet. Hi, Luke. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The weather's warm down here in Texas, so it's 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 good. Oh, cool. You're in Texas. I'm in boring PA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so tell us about you and where people can find you. Okay. Well, um, I'm the founder of Ubuntu Audio, um, and people can find me at uh, ubuntuaudio.com, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, my personal Instagram is lcadet211. Oh, okay, cool. But what about you? You skipped the whole, all you said was you're the founder of Ubuntu, so how did you come up with Ubuntu Audio? Yes, yeah, so uh, and I'm sorry, I should have probably gave a little more context, <laughs> right? right? So, uh, so Ubuntu Audio is uh, an audiobook platform that me and my co-founders founded um, back in 2015. Um, mm-hmm. The idea basically, essentially, stemmed from um, one day me listening actually to an audiobook, and um, and there was a, a certain audiobook that I was looking for. Um, and to be honest, I, I just, I didn't want to read it. So I, I'd rather just listen to it because I, you know, I worked and I was a, I was a project manager at the time. So I was working and, um, and I didn't want to, I didn't have the time and I really didn't want to read it. I just wanted to listen to the information that would have been in that book. And I looked all over multiple audiobook platforms and I couldn't find it. And, um, that's when I realized that, um, you know, the audiobook industry specifically didn't seem to be catered towards um, narratives of people of color. Um, I didn't really know how in depth that was until you know we launched and or we started and we started learning more about the industry. But um, but that's essentially where the idea came from. It was really an idea of okay, let's use a platform like audiobooks to essentially help tell the narratives of our of our stories. Okay, so what? Um, how did you go about saying, okay, I want to do this audio platform? Because I'm pretty sure you that's something you've never worked on. So how did you push through those, I guess, limiting beliefs of not knowing how to even start? Um, so prior to that, I, I was listening to a whole bunch of um, entrepreneurial type tie on books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had a drive to something always was in me and maybe it's in everybody um, to do something that was going to impact um, our community and, and society as a whole in a very positive impact. In fact, that's one of my 
my core beliefs is that before I leave this plane of existence, I want to make sure that I, I left a positive impact in, in on this plane of, um, that we're currently in. So that was always in me to, to try to find something um, that would help elevate us as a people, and as far as people of color, and ultimately impact society as a whole in a positive way. Um, so it was always in me to find something, and it just it just dawned on me that day that you know what this may be the best way to alleviate a lot of the um, a lot of um, pending issues that may be in the in the black community specifically, um, because a lot of it stems from you know the lack of educational investments that are done in certain communities, especially communities that I grew up in. Um, so, so it, it was kind of like a killing the multiple birds with one stone, you know, it'll, it'll hopefully encourage people to read more or at least listen more. Um, mm-hmm. it'll provide an economic opportunity because, um, audiobooks and narration voiceovers is actually a growing industry. And, um, it would also, uh, provide us a platform that really is catered to us and telling our stories. Okay. Well, if you don't mind me asking, where did you grow up? Uh, so I was born in Haiti. Uh, oh, born in Haiti. What part? Uh, what part? What part? Port of France. Oh, okay. You the capital, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was born in Port of France. Uh, my mother and them they all from the same market and all that. But um, but um, but I grew up in Florida. Um, since I was three years old. Um, I grew up in Florida. Lived in Boston and New York for some time. Uh, Maryland for some time. Um, and then ultimately, um, I left Florida. Um when I was 16, I left and I went to New Mexico, uh, because I was, I was getting in trouble. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was in those environments growing up in, in South and Central Florida, you know, those, those environments, the pressure in those environments will lead you down the wrong path at times, unfortunately. And, and that's where I was. Um, I'm grateful to have made it out, uh, unscathed. You know, I don't have any felonies like some of my friends do. Um, you know, I don't have a you know record and I'm, I'm alive and I'm not in prison. So, to me, that's mm-hmm. that's that's me making it out and being successful. Um, so, I left, um, and and because of all these different backgrounds and experiences, it really gave me a different outlook on a lot of things. Especially after leaving Florida and finally being in a place where the the urban pressures that oftentimes plague our communities weren't really so prevalent. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And congratulations. Yes. Um, Especially when you can make it out with a clean record and push past those boundaries and fulfill, you know, look at you now. You're a founder of a company. Yes. Look, (laughs) if we can have people applaud in the background, (laughs) you know, yeah, standing ovation. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So what kind of books can listeners expect to get from a Bantu? But first, before you tell me about that, let me back up. So how did you come up with this name? Does it signify anything? Yeah, so um, so the name really came from, um, um, it initially, initially it came from a, a name that we came up called, uh, we were trying to come up with a name. We were like, you know what, how about um, Empowering People of Color, EPC? And I was like, mm-hmm. man, that sounds more like a nonprofit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I hear you. So, so I was like, man, what, what, what is it that we can use? Um, and I, I, I wanted to go into a more African-based name mm-hmm. uh, because I think everything, as far as all the stories and narratives and, you know, our, our, the race of human in general, you know, we all stem from Africa. Right. So that's, that's, the, that's the foundation of humanity in general. So 
you know, I just, I, de- I definitely wanted to go to the roots. Um, and, and it just dawned on me that, you know what, let's, what, if, what if we look up a name in Zulu or, you know, other very popular African based um, dialects. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found that in the Zulu language, um, a Bantu means people and or community. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's perfect. That's perfect because what we're doing is the narratives of people and the narratives, narratives and stories of our communities and um, our perspective. So that's perfect. And uh, my co-founder, he added the audio on the end because somebody already had a Bantu.com as a website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's where the name come from. That's what, that's what it means. So most of the books that the listeners can expect to find is going to be mostly for people of color um, how is it different than like audio book from Amazon or something? Right. Well, I think one of the first differences is that the platform in itself is owned by people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you look at a multitude of these audiobook platforms, you know, uh, and a multitude of just media in general, you know, there's not a lot of black or brown ownership. Um, so that's that's number one. Number two, um, our specific focus, um, some may consider it a niche focus, but I personally consider it as the main focus, a mainstream focus, in my opinion, is um, our specific focus is narratives of people of color. So um, we're, we're not really interested in having Harry Potter on our platform. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter is a great book. I loved it. Twilight was a good movie. Loved it. But you're not going to see those type of, mov- um, those type of um, books on our platform um what our goal is to ultimately have um a majority of narratives and stories and books that have been written by and for people of color um so those those are going to be a majority of the titles that we hope to gain in the in the um as we get rolling but rise of right now uh, a majority of our titles have been um provided or have been contracted through um university presses so they're uh, they're very um, they're very academic kind of based titles, um, research based titles about uh, different narratives like uh, Marcus Garvey, um, Amy Jacquees Garvey, which is Marcus Garvey's wife, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Black Panthers, like other narratives like that, um, you know, the women in the zoot suits, which is a very popular, um, popular um, book for us, um, especially for the Latino, Hispanic, Mexican community. Um, so, so right now, those are the type of books that you're finding right now um, on our site. But we are engaging um, some of the major publishers like Penguin Random House um, to have them provide a, a, a pathway to allow us to get other more popular authors of color on our platform. Mm-hmm. So, um, so ultimately, basically, we're we're hoping to have a central location where. When it comes to our narratives or stories, whether it's history, entrepreneurship, um, you know, culturally related, relatable um, texts, um, you can go to Ubuntu Audio and that will be a central location to find all of that. Okay. So why, why now? Why is it so important to bridge the gap now between the, the readers and listeners and the Ubuntu audio and the multicultural stories? Well, I think um, I think it's always been important. I think it's always been important for us to to for us for our narratives to be talked about. So, like I mentioned before, I I grew up in Florida, and um, and I went to school to um at a Booker T. Washington Middle School, mm-hmm. and um, 
it took me to get to college to even know their stories or their narratives. You know, I never knew about Frederick Douglass's story. You know, I had to go out and read about it when I got to college. I never knew about Booker T. Washington's narrative. I had to, you know, read about it later in life. And so I think that, or not even just think, I believe that had I heard these stories, had I known about these narratives um, growing up, um, like I mentioned before, I started getting into some issues. Um, I don't know if I would have went down the same path because the way I would have perceived myself would have been different because I would have have heard about people that look like me and the accomplishments that they that they that they were able to accomplish um, coming where they came from. You know, Booker T. Washington was a slave, and you know he was born a slave, and then but he died a founder of one of the prominent HBCUs that we have. You know, mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass died was born a slave, and yet. He um, was a vice president candidate and uh, the ambassador of Haiti. You know, these are narratives that I think are would be important for me to know. And not only that, but, you know, being that I, I was Haitian and growing up in Florida, um, there was unfortunately conflicts between Haitian-Americans and African-Americans. And at the time, as a kid, I didn't understand because, you know, we're all black. I was like, why are we getting picked on? We're black. Mm-hmm. But you know, now that I'm older, I realize that we unfortunately were all ignorant to our narratives because if if African-Americans um, or black people in America, ADOS, um, if they were um, educated in the same sense as other people in the diaspora, as far as, let's say, Haitians' contributions to, you know, the ending of slavery, um, if those narratives were taught and the connectivity between all of us within the diaspora from Haiti, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Cuba, America, and all the way back to the continent, if these narratives were able to be connected and the stories are being told in a way that makes us able to see the similar, the similarities that we all have within the diaspora or even the similarities that we have within our Latin American community, uh, because a lot of people don't know that the second president of Mexico was half black and Native American. So, you know, th- th- these are narratives that we should know about. And as, as we grow up and unfortunately, till this day, we still deal with the fact that we don't see ourselves on TV. We don't really necessarily um, see a lot of our books on these platforms, for example. Um, and, and if they are on these platforms, it's usually major authors or authors that they feel they can make money off of. Um, so the, the, the diversity isn't, isn't necessarily there as far as we're all different, but we're all similar at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's why it's important. It's important for us to know our stories. It's important to know our history before slavery, um, because I think that's another issue is that when it comes to our narratives and historical narratives, they always paint this picture of slavery, um, but that's not where our story began, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's important for, for us to really understand that narrative. And I also believe that um, as a diaspora, we unfortunately have been disconnected. So, you know, as I work with universities and publishing companies in Africa, I'm hoping to bring stories and narratives from the actual continent to, to, here, to here in this hemisphere, to the States, as well as bringing the narratives from the States to Africa and within the Caribbean and Latin America um, diaspora as well to really connect us as a, as a people, because we need to be connected and we need to be more on the same, have a same, have an understanding to be more on the same playing field in order to 
to con- continue to push um, for for uh, for freedom ultimately. Right, and hopefully break that chain of division, right, and maybe come all together as a community and maybe um, slow down this hatred that we have because we're comparing each other's pain, right? Right, exactly, and and it's not necessarily, I don't think it's pain that should be compared. I think it's pain that should be understood, appreciated, and, and empathized with because we all we all have gone through separate pain, you know, um, those of us in the Caribbean have been exposed to different pain and comparison to those that went in, you know, that were here and dropped off here in America. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, those on the continent that never left have experienced different pain. Um, those Afro Latinos, um, in certain Latin American countries have experienced different pain and Latin Americans and indigenous, um, not Latin Americans, but indigenous individuals in these Latin American countries have also experienced different pain as well. Um, So there's a lot of pain that has been experienced and there's a lot of narratives that are very similar in in some aspects, but different in others. And I think um, if we're able to build those cultural bridges and and build that, that understanding, I think that'll really, like you said, alleviate some of the hatred or some of the, the disdain or the distance with between one another and really help our future generations see themselves as one. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. And I'm sorry, but I hear the baby in the back and it's so cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to say you're sorry. I think it's so fascinating because yeah, you always good. hear us uh, women trying to work with babies, but I always find it so adorable when guys are doing their things and they have the babies with them. So I'm pretty sure doing all of this is also for your child. You have a boy or a girl? Yeah, I um, I, I actually just had a little boy. He was born last Friday, actually. Oh, <laughs> newbie, newbie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's, is- uh, he's- is this your first this is my first yes oh man your life is about to change okay we won't even get into that okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have a lot i have two so i hear yes that's that's sleep i don't know what that means anymore (laughs) oh just wait just wait thank you (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah so but yeah like you said it, it is um it is it is for him as well because um you know his name is um his name is Eze and his, it, it, it derives from the Igbo language meaning meaning king and I want him to actually have an understanding of who he is fully and uh this is actually a conversation that I had with my fiance because uh she um you know her family they're from Nigeria and Sierra Leone so she knows her specific tribes mm-hmm. you know and we actually had a conversation about that and I, I felt some type of way because I was like damn man like you know, yeah, I'm Haitian and I know that culture. I know that narrative. Yes, I'm black. I know that culture, that narrative, um, Afri- uh, the American experience, black experience. I know that very well. But um, I unfortunately, unlike her, I can't pass down. Oh, this is my tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the language that we speak. These are our traditions and our culture. You know, I can't pass that down. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I know and- exactly what you mean, because. <sighs> As we leave our homes and we migrate to new places like America, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep that that lineage close. Right. So I know what you mean. 
Right, exactly. And it's not even just um just not even just the Haitian lineage, but just the lineage in general going back to Africa. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Because um, you know, and, and I brought this up to my fiance as well, which is why for me Ubuntu audio is so important for me because um, you know, I speak two European languages. I speak French or and or, and or Creole, which is French dialect, and I speak English, which is another European language. But yet I have no idea what language, what African-based language my ancestors spoke. Right. You know? And that's mm-hmm. troubling to me <laughs> because I can't pass that down to my child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, that bothers me. And, and, and I don't even understand what that culture looked like outside of what I have been taught within these very limited educational curriculums that we have been exposed to here in this country. Um, so, so that's, that's why it's so important for me what we're doing with Ubuntu Auto, because for me, um, it's, it's not just for me and learning who I am as a, as a African here in this country, um, and understanding my ancestry, but it's also important for my child and other people's children coming up so that they have a better understanding, a deeper understanding of not only their past, but their present and potentially, um, you know, with some Afrofuturism type books that we hope to put on the platform, their potential future. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, to, to, so that they know that their future is not limited by what society has tried to um, try to um, block them in as. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that's why it's so important to me. And it's not just about for me at least. It's not simply about you know us as Black people or African people. Um, because we have other brothers and sisters who are indigenous, like Native Americans, who their story needs to be told. Um, you know, we live in America, and you know, when's the last time you've seen a Native American? I mean, <laughs> I see them here. Um, well, you're in PA. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But I'm the reason why I say that is because there is. It's called against hate walk here in PA Mm -hmm. and they actually have a portion where the tribe they actually like perform like Mm. like like they're in a tribe thing so Mm -hmm. it's it it was interesting to see it and to see how it was and then they have a whole community nearby where I live which is just Indian community Um, it's huge here And they actually, uh, I I was surprised they didn't shoot me down because I turned in there by mistake. And um, they actually have their homes, like back then, attached wow. to their actual home. So they still practice. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, but see, if you didn't live in a place like that, you wouldn't experience that. So exactly. I definitely understand what you mean. Right. Um, and it is important to talk about it all. And there is a lot for Indian, um, Native American here in the United States, believe it or not. Right. Um, but again, everybody has their stories and I, and I can definitely appreciate you trying to bridge these gaps and, and bring the multicultures to, um, up front for everybody to to learn these stories but my question to you is why would you say that it's important for these stories to be told in oral form Mm -hmm. rather than just a traditional written form 
Right. So, um, like I mentioned before, our our education system in this country, unfortunately, is is flawed, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the black community specifically, in the schools that I went to, um, there wasn't much funding. And mm-hmm. you know, although I've I've came across some great teachers, luckily, um, the the curriculum was flawed. You know, they weren't teaching you about black kids. I mean they're still teaching about Columbus for God, for goodness sakes. You know what I mean? They're still Mm -hmm. preaching that Columbus founded America. And it's like, uh, no, he didn't. So, you know, because of that, our educate, because of the way our education system and the institutions have been set up, we never learn any of this stuff. We don't ever learn any of this stuff. I mean, just recently, um, was it Regina King had that, uh, that show that came out, I forget the name of the show. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, in in the early scene of that show, it was talking about Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. right? And it, it apparently it got all this buzz on Twitter, and people didn't know about this. And even friends of mine's um, didn't know about the Black Wall Street. And I'm like, that's crazy because that's something that happened here in this country, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and and yet a lot of people still don't know about it, which is baffling to me. Um, so. That's why, to me, it's it's important because these type of stories and narratives are never discussed or talked about in school. And that's usually where, at least here in this country, is where a majority of us get our edu- so-called education, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're not teaching you about Black history in school properly, um, when are you ever going to really learn about it? Because they're not showing it on television. You know, you're not going to see it in movies for the most part unless it's like a slavery narrative. So when are you really going to learn about this? You know, like I said, I, I, I went to Booker T. Washington Middle School and I didn't even know about Booker T. Washington's story and how amazing he was and how amazing Frederick Douglass was and how amazing Ida B, amazing Ida B. Wells was. You know, I didn't know about how amazing Toussaint Louverture and Dessalines was. You know, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know about these things. I didn't know how Haiti helped Simone Boulevard and because of that assistance and that aid, he was able to relieve five Latin American countries um, and make them independent of, 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 of Spain. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. I didn't know that the second president of Mexico, who was a general in the Mexican army, um, um, was black and Native American. And because of him, slavery was abol- abolished in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, these are narratives that I personally didn't know. And I found very interesting because I was like, wow, like there's so much, especially in Latin America, not just here in the States, because uh, the United States alone has so much history when it comes to black history and Native American history, but just when you look out to the Caribbean and Latin America, not even including Africa, that there's so much history and so many stories and narratives that are not even known. And we're just now, because of social media, finding out about a lot of these narratives. You know, it shouldn't mm-hmm. take it shouldn't take a movie like um, what was it, Hidden Figures, for us to find mm-hmm. out that four black women helped NASA get to the moon. Why am I just mm-hmm. finding this out after college? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I know. I, a lot of stuff I actually didn't learn until afterwards. Like, I didn't know a lot of the Haitian history. Right. Like, the whole the whole story of how Haiti, the reason why Haiti was so poor is because they actually bought their freedom yeah. from the French. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and they spent years, like, years trying to get themselves together from that, you right. know? So... Um, 
and to go to what you're saying, it's like my son, my oldest, he goes to school. He didn't know who Malcolm X was. They don't even talk about Malcolm X. They only talk about Martin Luther King. And that's my point. <laughs> that's my point. How do you not talk about Malcolm X? Because he was violent. That's what they call it. Yeah, I couldn't even find his books when I was looking in Barnes and Noble. I don't know if you know about those books, how I call it the watered down books for kids mm-hmm. about who is Rosa Parks. Right. Who is right. Right. They didn't have a single book about Malcolm X. Why would they? Malcolm X was anti-establishment. And even with Martin Luther King, they don't talk about his speech on the other America. Right. Right. No, <laughs> they, all, they only talk about I have a dream. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, as parents, we have to be very much involved if we want our children to have a full view of the history. Right. You know? Yeah. So how does a Bantu work? Like, explain to me how a reader or listener would find your books and maybe even become an ongoing customer of receiving these audiobooks. Well, so there's a, there's a, like I mentioned before, there's, it's a multi-layer thing, what we're doing. But um, mm-hmm. to answer your question, um, people simply have to go to www.abontuaudio.com, and that's A-B-A-N-T-U-audio.com. Um, once you're on there, you just, uh, you just have to sign up or subscribe once you subscribe it's similar to a lot of other audiobook platforms you'll you'll receive a free token or and or credit so you pay 6.99 a month and you'll get a free a free token um on top of that though because uh we believe in what we're doing so much there's free books on there open source titles that we've produced and put on there for free that you don't have to pay for whether you're a paid member or not um, you just have to sign up and because you sign up, you'll have access to those books. So we have the narrative of Frederick Douglass on our site for free and it's available for free because stories like that need to be known for our children. They, they should know those things. Um, you know, Ida B. Wells, Southern Horrors, um, Lynch Laws and All Its Phases. That's a title on our platform that's open source. That's free. So we're recording open source material as well because it's, um, you know, for us, it's about the vision and the, and the purpose of what we're doing. So people just have to go to abontuaudio.com sign up and subscribe and uh your first month is first 30 days is free and then uh you'll so you'll get a free token that you can use to apply to any of the books that we have on there currently and then from there from there um you know you pay your 6.99 and every month you'll get a free token um but what what's different about the only what's different about what we're doing also is that we're really like working with people within our communities to bring more of us into this industry um, I, I don't think I mentioned this before, but um, the the publishing industry is in 2016. They did a survey, and it was um, it was seen that- jacked. Yeah, yeah, jacked. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. They, that's the perfect word for it. So it's, it's mm-hmm. 79% white, right? Mm-hmm. The publishing industry globally makes, I believe, it was 26 billion dollars a year, right? And that correlates the, the same. The same statistics basically correlate over to audiobooks, if not worse, uh, because there's no diversity in these industries. And I, I often call these industries culturally, um, culturally and racially monopolized industries, because both culturally and racially, 
you don't see any diversity at all. Um, so what we're trying to do also is bring a lot more of us into this industry. So people that are interested in narrative, people that uh, are telling stories, people that are interested in, in narration, voice acting, voiceover, whatever the case is, we're trying to tap into our communities to bring more of us into these industries that typically they don't be hitting us up about and telling us, oh, yeah, come through. You know, they're they, they they're the gatekeepers and they don't really bring a lot of us in it. But when you have a platform that's owned by people from our community, then it, it kind of changes. So, um, but yeah, so so you just have to go on there, subscribe, um, and, and and listen. We're actually working on um, we're working on our Ubuntu audio app right now. Um, we're developing it by hand. Like everything that we've done thus thus far has been out of the mud. You know, what I mean, we've done everything off the muscle. Really, it's just been us funding everything on our own and really pushing this narrative and pushing this platform forward on by ourselves for the most part and our supporters, um, because uh, you know this isn't something that is really, um, uh, at least for the quote-unquote mainstream, something that they would consider a value. Uh, mm-hmm. So so we've been doing it ourselves. So we're actually, like me personally, I'm this helping the design and architecture of our actual app, which we're hoping to launch here in, uh, for Black History Month, which will make it a lot more accessible to people within our communities. Um, so you can just download the app on your phone and listen to it to um, on there but in the meantime again you can just subscribe on abantuaudio.com and uh pay 6.99 which is a very low rate for what we're doing and uh and listen to some of the cultural narratives so a quick word from our sponsor today the solopreneur sidekick so do you want to build a website but you don't know where to start or you're tired of paying website designers for web pages that, let's face it, just don't convert customers into playing clients. Well, if that is your problem, I have the solution for you, my friend. Yes, click the link below in the show notes and start building your website that wows with the solopreneur sidekick on Squarespace. Yes, on Squarespace. Enter the giveaway by clicking the link in the show notes and start saving stress, money, and all that awful techie stuff. You can start with the solopreneur sidekick and start building not just any website, but a website that wows. So you see, even the baby is agreeing in the background, y'all. <laughs> He's trying to tell y'all for six ninety nine, y'all can get all this history, get your education together. Right. It is cheaper than Amazon Audio, which is I think like fifteen dollars a month. That, that <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so help a brother out, you know. Word. I mean, real, real talk though, like you know, because the support really means a lot. Because, um, like I said, we're funding this on our own so it's not like you know we have any and we're doing it we did it this way primarily because we didn't want anybody to dictate how or what we're going to do you know because when someone's in your pockets they can basically tell you how you should do things uh, right so so we didn't want anyone to alter the the vision that we have for this platform uh, but the support is really truly appreciated because um ultimately you know without support it, it won't last and uh, mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't see these these platforms caring as much as we do for our own stories. I just don't see it happening. And I think the only time it ever does happen is when they can make money off of it, like Black Panther. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's the only time they care. If, if they can make money off of it, then cool. Yeah, we care. Yeah. But other than that, I, they're not really going to put the they're not going to invest 
what needs to be invested in order to have and give us a, a voice and a platform that speaks to us. So tell me, well, first, before I get into this one question, mm-hmm. so are you including like banned books as well? Oh, definitely. Okay, good. Definitely. Look, listen, there's going to be a whole <laughs> literary revolution here real soon. <laughs> Uh, to, to quote um, the literary revolution on on Instagram, she's a she's a dope um, publisher. Um, y'all should check her out. But uh, but yeah, this is like that's literally what this is because it's like you know how can how does a revolution truly happen? Um, you know, it, it has to happen and it has to start in your mind. And how does that start in your mind? Well, you have to put certain information in there. You have to understand certain things. You have to see certain things. You have to you know. You have to be well educated and read. You know, when the Black Panthers started off, you know, they were all college educated individuals. <laughs> you know, right. I like the, I know they like to, you know, they like to shit on the Black Panthers, but it's like, yo, these were all college educated people. So these were very intelligent um, Black women and men that were really pushing this 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 uh, this revolution. You know, and for us, it's it's a revolution of the mind. It's a revolution of uh, historically white spaces that uh that needs to basically be repatriated back into our communities it's a revolution of the literary world ultimately because uh again our narratives are never quote-unquote mainstream you know there's they come few and far in between so it's it's really that's it's really what what we're, we're we're pushing for we're hoping that through this platform um we can push social change via the elevation of the social consciousness because not only do black and brown people don't know their narratives and story, but a lot of white folks, they don't know. A lot of them don't know about what they did. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of them mm-hmm. don't, don't know how their ancestors were. And yet, so it's a lot of ignorance that we're really trying to clear up. And I think that once this ignorance is cleared up, it can help really, uh, it can help us begin to develop a better future for tomorrow. I agree with you. So tell, let's unpack how... A Bantu, a Bantu, you know, (laughs) (laughs) tomato, tomato. I be saying a Bantu, you say a Bantu, A-B-A-N-T-U. Right. Okay. What are some struggles you've faced building a Bantu from the ground up? Um, Well, like I mentioned before, um, we're in a space that is culturally racially monopolized. So, you know, there's not a lot of... there's not a lot of black or brown narrators. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of us in this space. Um, so when you look, when you listen to an audiobook, oftentimes most of the audiobooks are white voices. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. so so that's that was one of the first challenges um, that we didn't really know was going to be a challenge because we're like, okay, cool, you know, we just do the, do the audiobook thing, but uh, we found very quickly like, oh wait we there's not that many black brown people to read these books so we've had to reach out to um individuals that may be interested in in doing this type of work or you know may be skilled in this type of work to uh to really reach out to them and and engage them and bring them into what we're doing um so luckily there's a lot of people that are willing and able to 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 uh to to be involved in what we're doing, appreciate what we're doing. So they're down for it. But that was the first challenge. Um, the second challenge I would say is uh, like I mentioned before, we we're reaching out to these major 
publishing companies like Penguin Random House, Simon Schuster. We're reaching out to them um, to get some to repatriate is the word I like to use to repatriate some of these narratives, cultural narratives that they have on in their and their and uh, their where they have access to to get access to these these books that they have but it's uh it's a struggle because it doesn't seem as if they're as open or willing to cooperate or do business with us and which kind of reminds me of what byron allen is going through which which is why he's suing comcast um because it's, it's as if they don't they're not willing to play ball when it comes to a black owned anything you know what I mean? mm-hmm. they're they're okay okay you're an author cool come sign up on, on our publishing company yeah we'll pay you or whatever we're gonna pay you and then uh but we're gonna have the rights to this you know um mm-hmm. oh you're, you're oh yeah you want to work in our editorial department cool let's but when it comes to like someone owning an actual platform and saying hey we own this we just need you to work and do business with us it's it's like oh okay in fact I, i'll be to be frank i reached out to penguin random house and one of the ladies, she answered, she, she, one of the first things she said in a very condescending way, she was like, well, first of all, you have to have a platform, right? <laughs> bruh, isn't, that, isn't that what they always say? Bruh, That's the key word. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Mm-hmm. I, we do have a platform. Oh, she was so shocked. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we do. I was like, uh, yeah. Why mm-hmm. would I be reaching out to you? Yes, we have a platform. So what's the process? And you know, she was so shocked. She didn't know how to proceed. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like this. This doesn't necessarily happen because let's be honest. How many black, brown-owned audiobook platforms do you know of? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, which which is another. This is a conversation for another time. But which is an illustration of how how diversity is lacking in the technology um, space the technological space but that's again that's a conversation for another time we don't we don't oftentimes have the people in these spaces to build platforms like this you know so for her to be so surprised you know and caught off guard i i can understand why because how many black brown people actually are building platforms out like this so uh mm-hmm. so that's that's really been one of the more challenging aspects uh because i know a lot of bookstagrammers that are into certain type of titles um but when it comes to actually being able to have access to these titles and, and having these titles on our platform, like, you know, you go on other platforms, you'll find the same audiobook on like five different platforms. But when it comes to, um, to, to put it on a black one, they're, they're crickets. You know what I mean? So that's, that's been the second <laughs> challenge thus far. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we're, we're really, um, we're really like whatever with it. Because at this point, what we're gonna do is like, you know what? We don't need y'all. Y'all need us. So we're gonna start focusing our 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 um, our efforts on indie and self-published authors of color, and really mm-hmm. just get ourselves lit with or without these major publishing companies. And sooner or later, you know, because black people make everything cool anyway, uh, they're gonna come, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Look, you have to just stay focused. That's what you can do. Yeah. So what are the top audiobooks in a Bantu audio that people should go and listen to right now? Um, like what what is the top one? It's hard to say a top one because there's a lot of good ones. Um mm-hmm. there's a really really lot of good ones, you know. And I'm not just saying that because I'm being biased. Um because if it was if there was any trash ones, I'm I'm going to be honest, it's trash. 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just straight up like that. Like if it's trash, it's trash. But um, but I'll be honest. Some of the top ones that we have, um, obviously one of the first ones that come to mind is Black Wall Street. Um, we mm-hmm. have a book called Black Wall Street, and it's basically that it tells you the narrative of what happened with uh, Black Wall Street and the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It talks about before the riot. It talks about what happened during and how that riot happened. It talks about the efforts that were made after the riots, and it talks about how they're continuing to keep that that legacy alive in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So that's that's a very powerful book. There's another one that I personally really like um, called Shango. And uh, that's mm-hmm. actually about the uh, that's about Centeria, and uh, it's a it's a Afro Cuban American based out of Miami that gets involved in this detective mystery type of story based um, in Centeria, and mm-hmm. this is something that I learned while recording this book. Um, so I didn't know that a lot of Cubans and I mean Puerto Ricans probably have the same thing. A lot of the Centeria is derived from Africa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Yeah. I didn't know this. <laughs> like, uh. like I, I didn't know this growing up. You know, I was I'm Haitian, and my mom used to tell me everybody has uh, quote unquote voodoo or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't. Okay, whatever, mom. But now, now that I'm older, I'm like, damn, everybody, everybody, yeah, damn, mm-hmm. it's all Africa. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know that. So I found that really, really interesting to to see that you know, Cubans essentially practice in 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 their religious religious and spiritual practices. A lot of them. Um, stem from Africa, so that that was a really dope book, and it's a fictional book, but it's culturally relatable to 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 us as a people. I think um, another one is a matter of pride. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a story about four different uh it's four different stories with four different Puerto Rican narratives, and uh it's um it's essentially tells you the narrative of a of a Afro Puerto Rico Puerto Rican excuse mm-hmm. me, um and just the the different narratives that you may experience whether it's a new new yorkican in new york or whether it's a puerto rican based out of um, puerto rico and the experiences that that woman may go through so it's 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 a really it's a really dope book i I really like it it's um it's another fictional title that we have as well but again so it's so culturally rich and uh and it, it really it really um it really dawns on me on how how connected we all are um Another one that I really, really enjoy, and I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go down the list. I'm gonna try to keep it short. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Look, people be listening on here because of books. That, so. That's real. But I mean, it's it's a lot because um. So I don't know if you're familiar with Miguel Pinedo. Um, he's a he's a Puerto Rican, Afro Puerto Rican, I believe, um, out of New York. Um, he's a he was a poet, a playwright. He he's 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 pop. He's probably one of the most popular. Puerto Rican playwrights that I know of, um, Latino playwrights in general, honestly. But um, so we have his his um, his whole book, um, and it's not just a book; it's like a it's a poem book. So it's a whole bunch of poems in the first half of the book, and then the other half of the book is like I think like eight or ten different plays, and, and some of the plays in there are so deep, it's it's scary because um, again, I, I was personally recording this one myself and the narrator did such an amazing job with the narration and i'm just listening to it i'm just like wow this dude is amazing this is my first time knowing about this guy and i'm just listening to it i'm just like wow why don't anybody know about him like he is Mm -hmm. amazing his writing is amazing his poetry is amazing the way he tells stories is so in-depth and detailed 
the the diverse aspects of the narratives that he captures, whether it's from the Latino narrative, whether it's from the um, Black African American narrative, whether it's from the ghetto poverty narrative, narrative, uh, you know, the 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 convict felon, like the drug dealer, the transgender, bisexual, lesbian, gay, like he captures all of that in his writing and it's freaking amazing it's it really is um so that's that that's that's a few of the few of the ones that that i i think stand out the most and of course um women in the zoot suit which is uh basically about the uh zoot suit riots that happened in la um to uh it it, it, it's primarily highlighted for uh, mexican americans but um african americans were being attacked by um navy um navy officers and 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 soldiers during that time as well so that's that's a really really powerful book as well uh like i said it it really helps me understand how you know mexicans and black people we've gone through similar struggles um when it comes to this american thing so those those are just Mm -hmm. a few a few titles i i I would i would definitely highlight and suggest people to check out um and i'm not again I'm not tooting our own horn. I'm not suggesting these by because I'm biased. I'm suggesting these because I actually recorded these books and I didn't know any of anything about these books myself until I recorded them and I was like, "Wow. That's crazy that nobody knows about how amazing these books are." Yeah, I may have to look up some of these as you're talking. I'm telling, I'm telling. <laughs> and again, I'm not I'm not trying to sell none. I'm just being honest. You're on a podcast. Yes, he's selling y'all. Go get the books. <laughs> Go sign up, subscribe, <laughs> a Bantu audio, you know. <laughs> I, thank you. <laughs> so will a Bantu audio ever brand out to having like paperbacks or ebooks or you guys want to stay primarily audio? No, that's actually um something that me and my partners actually have been looking into. Um because um you know, the one of the reasons we probably went with audio is because, again, the educational system is not the best. And because of that, you know, the the literary rate is very low. You know, the literacy rate, excuse me, is very low, especially for our communities. It's low in America in general, but for our communities, it, it's very low. Um, so, you know, audiobooks may be an easier way. And especially using technology, it just makes things easier, easily accessible and people be on the go. So you can listen to it on at, in the car ride. You can listen to it on, you know, in, in at work. So it just makes it easier to listen. Um, but we do plan to uh, to look into more in depth into um, ebooks specifically, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, for dyslexic people, especially. Um, you know, they have some trouble sometimes reading, which is, again, the mm-hmm. reason why we went with audio. But um, something that we're trying to do is we're trying to capture and trying to capture in, in the metric of how is someone's reading performance or reading comprehension comprehension improving because of audiobooks um, mm-hmm. or through audiobooks. And as we continue to do our research, I think that we're going to have to actually go and have an ebook as well as the audiobook playing so that way um that way we can try to build or try to capture that metric in the reading comprehension of somebody uh because ultimately what we're hoping also like i said it's a multi-layered platform in what we're doing we're hoping to be able to build up the literacy rate in our culture in our community and make it so the make it so that it's cool to read it's cool to 
to listen to books. It's cool to be knowledgeable and be intelligent and be smart. We want that to be the cool thing. You know what I mean? Because growing up back in the day, that wasn't the cool thing. Like people got picked on for being nerds and whatnot. But I think mm-hmm. that in order for our community to thrive and continue to move forward and we have to make that cool again we have to make books cool again we have to make reading cool again we have to make intelligent critical thinking smarts all that has to be cool again um and and we're hoping that this platform can help with that hopefully it does (laughs) um and hopefully people will actually listen because i think that's part of the issue people people have like selective listening sometimes yeah (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> no no shade anyway um if <laughs> if an author had a book they wanted to let's say potentially turn it into an audiobook mm-hmm. what would be the process for them to potentially use a bantu audio right so um so typically how it goes is uh we we will talk to the author i mean me personally i always like to have the conversation with the author so that they understand what our platform is about um, mm-hmm. and what we're focused on, what we're doing so that they have a clear understanding of what we're about. Cause for me, it's all about the vision and the purpose. Um, that's mm-hmm. number one for me. Um, number two, once that conversation is had, um, we then request that uh, they send over a copy, a ebook copy or PDF copy of their title so that our team can review it, go over it and kind of, you know, look at the narration because not all books are good for audiobooks unfortunately um not mm-hmm. all of them are good because some of them have if it has too much illustrations it's 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 going to be a waste to put it on audiobooks um but um so we go through it to see how would this book be a good audiobook and two will this book be something beneficial to our community um will this help us elevate us in some way whether it's through imagination through uh through understanding through whatever it is will this help build towards understanding um so we 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 typically try to review the books and then once we review the book we reach back out to the author let them know hey you know what either we're gonna go with it or we're not and if we are um this is uh this is how long it is this is how how much it may cost um and we go from there once once we work out if and if we're going to charge or not, because depending on the agreement that the author decides to go with, we may or may not charge to produce the audiobook itself. Uh, we may just front the cost of the book it's, um, ourselves and then, um, and then go from there. But again, it depends on the agreement that the, the author agrees to. Um, and from there, we, uh, we host auditions. We have narrators narrate certain titles to see what that sounds like. And then uh, we send those those auditions and those demos back to the author so that they can hear the different voices that we're thinking of having on the audiobook, And they can let us know which voice or voices that they essentially would like their book read by. And uh, once that once that's happened, we finalize an agreement with a with a narrator and uh, we begin production. OK, what do you, when you mean when you say cost? What do you mean by the cost? Like paying a narrator or? Yeah. So most of the cost comes from the narration because we have to pay people to narrate these books. um, Because again, this is a opportunity economically for our community as well. So we want to pay people for them narrating certain books for us. 
What you ain't getting them for free? These said these ain't volunteers like no. they be doing on Instagram. Anyway, no, go ahead. Look, if, if they, <laughs> maybe if we are audible, I'm sure some people may may actually be willing to do that. But you know, when you're starting off, it's a little harder. But either way, it doesn't matter. Um, we want to make sure that we're paying our people and that um, and there's an economic um, opportunity there. Granted, that said, there are we do have volunteer um, options as well. But those typically mm-hmm. go towards our open source titles. Um, so for titles that we are contracted, we 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 definitely pay our people. So um, that being said, the cost is for primarily for narration um, and also for the production side, whether it's editing, mastering, whatever it may be. As far as on the production side, those um those are the those are the primary costs that we uh, look into. Um, outside of that. Um, that's that's pretty much it we we push we try to push as much of the marketing ourselves but of course we always tell the narrators and or um authors help us push it because the more people see what we're doing the more people support the more opportunities that will be available in the future for us as a community so if an if an author submitted their book and they said that they would want to narrate Mm -hmm. their book would that be an option for them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, that's actually something that we encourage authors to do. Okay. Because, you know, who knows your book better than you? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You wrote it, so you know it better than most. But, um, oh, so you mean I can do that? <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, hey. Let me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we definitely encourage authors to do it. Now, the only time that we discourage authors is when we have the author narrate a demo of their book, they send it to us and we hear it and we're like, all right, this ain't for you. <laughs> let, us, mm-hmm. let, let, us, let us get somebody that's going to do a, a, a better job at the narration because ultimately you want to engage the audience. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that you keep their attention. And, you know, it, it's, a lot diff- it's a lot more difficult when it's just audio that someone has mm-hmm. to tell them a story. You have, so you have to be able to tell a story in a way that continues to engage somebody's attention. And so um, if the author is unable to do that or unable to, um, you know, inflect their voice in that way or um, have their pacing or whatever it may be, have the techniques needed to continue to keep the audience engaged in their book, then we will suggest that we find an actual narrator that can do that. Now, if the author is insistent on reading their own book, then that's completely fine. But we just want to be open and transparent with them so that they know, hey, you know. Your book ain't going to sell. Right. It might so. not be the best because it <laughs> might not be, it, this might not be the best decision because, you know, you know what I mean? But oftentimes mm-hmm. from what we've seen, um, most people actually, they actually list, like books that are read by the author themselves because mm-hmm. I don't I know something about it. But um, but again, that's just something that we do. But yeah, we definitely encourage authors to narrate their own books. So what encouraging words or tips or steps do you have for anyone um, wanting to become an entrepreneur or authors struggling to find where their stories can hold space? Right. Um, I think one of the most encouraging things, at least that I continue to tell myself is um, never to quit and give up and be optimistic about the future because um 
one of the things that I've noticed when it comes to a lot of entrepreneurs um, is that the one thing a lot of them have in common, the ones that were successful, um, is that none of them quit. None of them quit. No matter how hard things got, how bleak things may have seemed, they, um, they've always found a way to continue to push forward. So I think that as, if, if you have something in you that you're passionate about or that you're driven to do, um, life is short. So you should do that. You know what I mean? Because uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, what is this life outside of the experiences that we have? You know, so if there's something in you that you really feel passionate about or that you really want to do, go out there and do it, you know, because at the end of the day, all we have at the end of the day is the, the experiences and the memories that we that we build. And uh, it's 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 a shame that a lot of people don't have the courage to go out there and try to, you know, try to live out their dreams or try to do something that they believe in very passionately about because they're afraid um, or, or they're fearful or they see that it's hard and, just, you know, they give up. A lot of people die with a lot of a lot of their dreams and and um, and talents in them and they never express that to the world and we never get a chance to really experience that. So I think that that's that's something that I really encourage, whether it's people listening to this podcast or my friends, families, whoever, I always encourage people to I push people to do what it is that they really, truly are passionate and love to do, because at the end of the day, what do you have on left in this world if you didn't leave it all? you know, here. So, um, so that's, that's number one. And as far as authors go, I think that, um, I think, you know, platforms like Ubuntu audio are definitely helping with, uh, this, the lack of diversity in the publishing industry. And, uh, ultimately, um, luckily because of technology, there are, you can basically sell your book without a publishing company. You get what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah, no, I, I yes, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, <laughs> You can you can do your thing without you don't need a publishing company. You don't need their cosign. Um, granted, it's not going to be easy. I'm not that I'm not going to say that, but it, it's it's definitely um, you'll definitely own everything um, and, and you can you can make it happen. Um, I would definitely um, suggest getting a literary agent because I think, you know, that helps um, they help guide you through it. But um, ultimately, um, you if you're an author and you need space like, yo, you know, Amazon, you know, allows you to, you know, or not, not Amazon create space allows you to create your own, you know, your own um, self-published book, you know, self-publishing is actually on the rise. Um, I think there was actually more self-published books last year than actually published books because it's increasing um, as far as the amount of people that are self-published and are actually pushing their own narrative out. So, you know, I I think there's a story out there. Everybody, there's always somebody willing to listen to your narrative and your story, you know what I mean? So why not tell it? You know, whether it's 10 people or 10,000, I think it's important because you don't know who that story may impact. Yes. Hallelujah to all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah to all of that. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast and educating us on these stories that even myself, some of them I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell everyone again where they can find you, where they can find out more about Abantu Audio and how they can support you guys going forward. Right. Um, yeah. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Abantu Audio. So that's A-B-A-N-T-U Audio. And that's, again, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
Um, if you are interested in being a narrator or if you're an author and you are in, you're interested in converting your book into an audiobook, uh, feel free to reach us at holla at abantuaudio.com. That's H O L L A at A B A N T U audio.com. Um, and we'll definitely be, be willing to have that conversation with you. Um, as far as the supporting piece, uh, please go to abantuaudio.com. Uh, subscribe, get your 30 day trial, and um, make sure you subscribe again to the uh, the paid trial. And uh, you know, six ninety nine. I mean, that's that's less than a you know McDonald's menu, dollar menu at this point. The way they charge so much now, um, you know. <laughs> Shoot, that's less than a you know gas now. That's a fact, especially in California. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, I mean that's that's six ninety nine a month. Six ninety nine, and you get an audiobook um, that is created by uh, you know black and brown people with a black and brown voice, and it's telling a black and or brown um, story and narrative. So I think that that's definitely important. And you know, six ninety nine is not really a lot, in my opinion. Um, we kept it low just because we wanted to make sure that you know people that may potentially even live in impoverished communities would still be able to afford it. So, uh, so please support, um, and, and, you know, just give us a holler. Well, thank you so much, Luke. It was a pleasure and say hi to the baby for me. (laughs) I'll let him know. (laughs) He'll be on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was was hoping you'd stay asleep, but. (laughs) No, it's fine. Look, we all have those, um, troubles. Sometimes you guys might hear my son a little bit. I try to I try to keep him out, but my little one, he gives me trouble sometimes. I understand. Well, thank you for being understanding. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Until next time, guys. And that was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to I mean can we discuss don't forget to subscribe follow us if you want to see what we're up to what projects we're up to and enjoy the rest of your day night wherever you might be i was your host asher ferguson signing off